Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking to a Syracuse football legend and about a commitment from a top 25 recruit. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Jim Stick Schulte and our guest, a Syracuse football legend, Darrell Smith. Darrell, how are you today? Yo, man, what's going on? I'm all good. How you doing? I'm doing great, Darrell, and I want to get you started on this one. You have a new television show coming out called Mad Good Food. It premieres Thursday, April 8th at 8.30 p.m. on the Taste Made Network. It's available on streaming platforms like YouTube TV, Samsung TV+, the Roku channel, and Comcast Xfinity X1, and on demand on the Taste Made Plus app. How did the idea for Mad Good Food get started? Well, I um, I was in Brooklyn all of last year during the pandemic, and all of my business shut down. We had uh, we had a Mazeballs, which is my meatball catering company. We had it in Smorgasburg. We had in Barclays Center. We were doing caterings around the city. And when that shut down, I pretty much was just like, I don't know what, what we're going to do. And so um, we decided to move to L.A. in November of 2020. And as soon as I got here, the content, like I just started doing more content, more content. I had three... Uh, I filmed three episodes with Taste Me called uh, Make This Tonight. And during lunch, one of the head producers came up and was like, yo, we love what you're doing. We would like to develop a show. And I would say that was January. And then three months later, we filmed it all in the second week of March. And now it debuts tomorrow on Thursday, April 8th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So check it out on all Taste Me uh, devices, channels, and networks. Darrell, I know that Mad Good Food is going to be more than just a cooking show. It'll blend cooking with culture and your own personal history. What are some of the other concepts of this show? Well, the beautiful thing about the show is it makes sense because um, most cooking shows I watch is just somebody out there. They're, they're talking about the ingredients they're putting into a bowl. They're stirring it. They're smiling at the camera. Whereas this show is my personal stories. And then the whole concept of it is taking a family meal. So our first meal is always a family meal, which is basically a meal that we create for a group of people, all based around my stories. And then we break that same um, that same meal down into two smaller meals for single people. And so you learn how to cook for a group, and then you also learn how to not waste food by taking those same ingredients and transforming them into something different. And so that's the concept of the show. 
and then the stories of the show. We have stories from we got stories of me going to to the strip club in Houston and, and talking about lemon pepper wings. We got stories about Juneteenth. There's stories about um cookouts and, and black culture and me dunking on my uncle for the first time. And throughout <laughs> I mean, it's just weaved is all weaved with uh my personality. Taste me was, was lovely and just giving me the freedom. I had five cameras on set. So pretty much I was just in there doing whatever I wanted. <laughs> so um that that's pretty much the show. Like it makes sense and then it's also very entertaining, which I think a lot of uh food shows are missing right now. The show premieres on April 8 at 8.30 p.m., and then it will move to its regular time slot at 8 p.m., beginning Thursday, April 15th. How many episodes are there going to be in the first season? So this launches on the network, and it's an eight-episode season. So 30-minute episodes. Um, so it'll be a, it's a legit. It's a legit show. And we filmed all eight episodes in uh, March. So they... um Right now, we're still... they got. I mean, obviously, they got the first couple already edited. But it's just a rolling edit since it came out so fast. And so we're in the process of editing three to three through five now. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it'll be 30 minute episodes. It's on the TV network. You can see it on like Roku. If you have the Tastemate app, you can see it on there. If you have TV, you can download the channel um, for Tastemate. Then you can watch it those ways as well. And Darrell, we'll get you out of here on this one. You are a Syracuse football legend, so I do want to get your take on the football team. They're obviously coming off a disappointing 1-10 in 10 season, but do you think they can turn around for 2021? Well, it seems like they, they're going in the right way. I know we just got a transfer quarterback from what, what is it, Mississippi State? Mississippi State big boy, too. He got some legs on him. He reminds me of Dungy a little bit with toughness. Um, and then hopefully we just continue to progress. Like um, DeVito, hopefully he, he continues to mature in the offense. Um, I know we got a, we added a few more coaches, so we'll see. I mean, and, and then I don't think we got a choice either. Like, we just got to get better or, or we'll make some changes. <laughs> and so um, yeah, I have I have some faith. I, I got faith in Dino, especially with that offense and um, the dome environment. We've seen success in the, in the past, so hopefully this year we can get past COVID and I think a big thing about Syracuse is the fans. So hopefully we can get some fans back in the stadium and they can be that 12th fan that we always need. Darrell, thank you so much for coming on the program. Again, Mad Good Food premieres Thursday, April 8th at 8.30 p.m. on the Taste Made Network. Darrell, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time and best of luck on the show. We'll speak with you soon. Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate you. Really wishing Darrell all the best on his new show. I can't wait to watch it. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online senior columnist and my very good friend, Jim Stick Schulte. Jim, how are you today? Doing great, Wes. How are you doing today? Jim, the big news out of Syracuse on Wednesday is that they landed 2022 wing Kamari Lands, who is a top 25 prospect, according to the ESPN rankings, at six foot eight with outstanding athleticism. He seems to be a perfect fit for the 2-3 zone. Jim, what are your thoughts on his commitment? I mean, anytime you can nab someone who's that highly rated, it's a plus. Especially, I think, an exacerbating factor for Syracuse is that recruiting, or at least traditional recruiting, seems to be moving a little more slowly the last couple of years. Uh, Benny Williams, of course, being the only one new recruit from the high school ranks who's coming in next year, and then Lands being the first recruit of the following. It seems like uh, recruiting sometimes is a little you know, slow, stuck in molasses even, especially if you're someone who really wants to hear about who's the next uh, next big stud who's going to be coming up the campuses. But 
I think it allows the slower pace that they're taking. It allows a little more focus, a little more time commitment to the select few guys that the that the basketball program is recruiting harder than others. There obviously are other names that are still out there. You know, it's April of 2021. We're talking about kids who won't even you know anyone else who comes to campus won't be suiting up for a for an official Syracuse basketball practice for 18 months. So obviously there's plenty of time left out there. Syracuse is involved with several other bigger names, maybe not, you know, top of the recruiting list, five-star McDonald's All-American guys, but guys who can definitely make an impact with the program. So it's just a matter, I think, of just being patient and maybe, you know, maybe the signing of lands makes things move a little bit more. Maybe that helps draw someone else in. Maybe that brings Syracuse uh, a little more to the to the front of, uh, of, the, of a recruit's mind. They're like, hey, I want to play with that guy, or hey, things are still looking good at Syracuse. Maybe I should sign up sooner than later. So that was the high school recruiting news, but let's talk about college because this week, Woody Newton entered the transfer portal hours after Cole Swider signed his letter of intent to play at Syracuse, Kadari Richmond officially heading to Seton Hall, and John Balajak and Robert Browswell already in the portal. Marek Dolajai announced he's not coming back. Alan Griffin and Quincy Guerrier's futures with Syracuse are tenuous at best. So where does this leave Syracuse and what are their needs for the roster? Well, when... You put all those X factors aside, guys who we don't know what's happening with them, as you mentioned, Dolajai, Alan Griffin, Quincy Garrier. You know, it leaves the roster, as we know, there's, as of now, it seems like every time we talk about things now with the transfer portal uh, opening the flood of guys leaving schools in search of a better destination, there's eight players who we know, as of now, who will be on the team next year. Buddy Beheim, Joe Girard, Samir Torrance in the backcourt. Torrance also a recent ad through the transfer portal. Benny Williams, who's an incoming freshman, and Cole Swider, as you just mentioned, from the portal. And then at center, there's Barama Sidibe is returning, and then Jesse Edwards and Frank Anselm are returning. So that's eight guys, and then plus the three you just mentioned, who are all Griffin, Gary, Dolajai, who all play forward. And then there's another X Factor that was looming out there, and I think we're all kind of waiting for, I know, maybe we all, maybe some of us think it's an inevitable. You know, I'm just in wait and see because we don't know what's going to happen. But of course, a lot of people think that. Jimmy Beheim is going to make the trip about an hour and 15 minutes north from Cornell to come play for his dad for his last year of eligibility. But that would be another forward, a sixth forward that they could potentially be looking at on this roster. Once again, they'll be tilted heavy towards the court if that happens or if any of those guys return. Because right now, once again, it appears they'll be heading into a season with three guards on the roster as far as scholarship players. So when I think what they need, I'm honestly a fourth guard. It's good, and I know that with what they have to offer with Beheim and Gerard returning is very little. So it might be someone who's more of a, you know, traditional trance, not someone who's hitting, not some young guy who's hitting the portal looking for greener pastures in more minutes. Maybe it's a kid who's, you know, an established player at a, at a lower-level school who's, who knows he doesn't have a pro career but can come up to Syracuse and be a fourth guard on a team and pursue a postgraduate degree and, you know, Maybe, you know, aim for the schooling and, you know, if he gets five minutes a game next season, that's a bonus. I mean, we're talking about the fringes of the roster because, uh, you know, Bayham and Gerard starters this year. And between Sidibe and, and Edwards coming back, one of those two you have to believe is going to be the starter. Williams, a lot of people think, is probably going to be in line for a starting role depending on which forwards come back. If Griffin comes back, will he return to a starting role? It's hard to believe Gary would come back and not have a starting role. You know, Swider is coming here looking for more minutes. And if Dolajai, for some reason, chooses to come back for a fifth year when, in normal circumstances, his eligibility would be complete, that's another guy who's in the mix of forward. 
So I think what you're basically looking for is, you know, a fourth guard who's just a fringe player, and then any other, you know, scholarship players around the fringe, maybe something where there's a player who's had an injury who is going to require a year of rehab, who might want to come to Syracuse and rehab here for a year and then, or for a significant amount of time, how it works out, and then, you know, basically redshirt next year and then come back when maybe the roster's thinned out a little more. I mean, I think this ties into Syracuse recruiting as a whole because I think they're content to have things move much more slowly as far as high school recruits go because now that the waiver, you know, everyone gets a one-time transfer and the transfer portal is a tidal wave of recruits being available for a second time, it allows, you know, Syracuse a second chance to get guys who they rec- maybe they recruited in high school before and didn't get or maybe even someone they were kind of interested but didn't really work out or maybe someone really pressed and his game fits well here. How they added Cole Swider, he was a guy that they recruited in high school, ended up going to Villanova, and now it's almost like he's getting a second chance here at Syracuse, or at least Syracuse is getting a second chance with him. But I think the two are kind of tied together. I don't really know if they're looking for any more of an impact guy. Maybe, you know, in a situation where Griffin and Gary and Dillajay all don't return and Jimmy Beheim opts to stay at Cornell, then they're probably looking for a third forward who can play in the rotation. But again, we're kind of wait, it's kind of wait and see mode because I don't think the coaching staff would turn away a Gary who will probably end up returning, maybe, who knows, or if Griffin wants to come back for one more year. It's a lot of churn going on. It's a lot of unknowns. So I don't really, it's even hard to say for sure what they need on the roster besides, hey, a fourth guard on scholarship would be a nice, just, you know, a little bit of an insurance policy more than anything else. And Jim, we are right at the end of our show, your closing thoughts. Well, Wes, as you reminded me uh, before we started recording, uh, today the 2003 NCAA championship game is officially old enough to vote as it's the 18th anniversary of uh, the 2003 championship game. Uh, you know, lots of great memories from that, of course. Carmelo Anthony's all-around play. Gary McNamara's six threes in the first half. The Hakeem Wark block and eventually the final heave at the basket falling into the hands of Quest Duaney under the basket, and the celebration was on. Looking at the box score, there's a couple things that sound so familiar even 18 years later. Kansas shot 20% from three and turned it over 18 times. It's almost like they were playing against the Syracuse 2-3 zone. And I remember being where I was. I was in living in Los Angeles at the time and snuck out a little early out of work with three other Syracuse alumni who'd hired on the project I was working on. And the four of us uh, were there and uh, watching the game. And I remember when the 18-point lead was eroding away and eroding away and it was the final couple minutes of the game. And I leaned over to one of the guys and I said, if it wasn't easy, it wouldn't be Syracuse. And it was easy. It wasn't easy, but it definitely was Syracuse. Jim, my closing thoughts are on Marek Dolajai, who announced on Wednesday afternoon he will not be returning to Syracuse and will pursue a pro basketball career. Dolajai was one of the most beloved players in Syracuse basketball history, whether it was drawing a charge from Zion Williamson or getting his teeth knocked out against Georgetown but staying in the game. Dolajai was all hustle all the time. He played with an incredibly high basketball IQ and spent the majority of his career playing out of position at center. He averaged 9.8 points, 5.1 rebounds, and 3.3 assists this past season, but his value went far beyond that, and he will definitely be missed by Syracuse. Some say poor went out for my homies, but to Marek I say raise a slice of pizza for a phenomenal Syracuse career. That's it for us for Jim Stick Schulte. This is Wes Chang reminding you that a lot of things look cooler in slow motion Eating isn't one of them. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network.